When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. And as always, I'm joined by Chris Shad, who writes for us here at the Viking Age, as well as bring me the news and zone coverage. After a uh, minor technical difficulty, we are up and running. Um, We fixed things to make them run better. Um, and we're waiting to see if the Vikings can do the same with their defense. Um, Ed Donatel, the guy who apparently runs the defense, um, he held a press conference yesterday and he was asked a bunch of questions by reporters about, you know, why the defense is the worst in the league with a bunch of really good players. Um, and, uh, he was asked, you know, Basically, you know, is it is it scheme? Is it players? And he was pretty quick to deny anything about the problems being scheme related and and put the blame mostly on execution, which is mostly on the players. Um, just wasn't a lot of accountability, I guess, being held by by Ed Donatel yesterday. Um, the Vikings defense currently ranks 32nd in uh Total yards allowed. Um, they're just not very good. They given they've given up what four hundred plus total yards in the last five games against some decent offenses, but not every game has been against the powerhouse offense. But Ed Donatel, just uh, do you agree with him? Let's see. Are, are the Vikings' problems on defense due more to the execution of the players, like Donatel says, or? Are they do more to his scheme and in inability to adjust? Well, I think on the last episode, I said something along the lines of it's a little bit of both. I, yeah. I think that Donatel, when he, he looked at this roster and Kevin O'Connell's part to blame too, because he was the guy who decided all these things. He looked at this three, four scheme and he goes, that is the scheme I want to run. It tends to run a little bit better when you have all pro players uh, at positions like Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, um, any Vikings don't have any of those. And, right. and I know there's going to be some purple clad people who will be like, well, what are you talking? You got Harrison Smith. You got, you got, uh, you know, Patrick Eric Peterson. Kendricks. You got a uh, Patrick Peterson. Like, come on, man. They, you know, thinking about 
what Donatel's main focus is. It's limiting big plays, right? <laughs> so, I mean, when you have aging veterans, it's like, hey, we're just going to have them drop back in coverage. We're not going to keep everything in front of us and we're going to let them make the plays. So, I mean, in theory, it's a good idea, right? So, I mean, that's probably what he means. In reality, you have players that are miscommunicating in the secondary. And that's the big one. You know, Mm -hmm. Cameron Bynum, every other week, he's having a miscommunication. Cameron Dantzler, he's just out there, you know, half-assing it uh, against DJ Chark. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I know he's coming off an ankle injury. Now he's Mm -hmm. sick, like... I don't know. I'm not a big Cameron Dancer fan to begin with. No. I, I, I think uh, like Viking fans, I I did this um, when I'm playing Madden every once in a while. Like I remember when I was in college and like Masate Shanko was on the team and I'm like, well, you can't trade Shanko. Like you look, he's, he's good. Like whatever. <laughs> like the Vikings have that problem right now. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean this, you know, not only are the players having those miscommunications, there is nothing to specialize the talents of this team. Like Daniel Hunter is better when he's on the ground or on a three point stance or whatever until I didn't play football. Um, you know, but, but like he, he's hand in the dirt, hand in the dirt. That's it. I, I'm sorry. I'm really tired this morning. So I got my (laughs) coffee right here. I promise it'll kick in, but, you know, when he's got his hand in the dirt, like you're having him stand up and now he's got a neck injury, which uh, that's not good. Just a tweak, like, probably. It's probably a tweak. Tweak that needs season ending surgery. <laughs> um, just just a lot of bad things going on on defense right now. So I guess where I would say Donatel is at fault is that he does nothing to play to his player strength. We see it on the offensive side of the ball where, you know, Kevin O'Connell's running things that make Kirk Cousins comfortable. He's doing all these other things, but it just seems like Ed Donatel doesn't do any adjustments and he doesn't ever like take account of like Kevin O'Connell, when he called the halfback pass on Sunday, he came out right after the game. He's like, yep, probably shouldn't have done that. that. Stupid. You know, <laughs> yeah, that, that was dumb of me. Yep. Uh, never do it again. And you know, Ed Donatel's like, I don't know what you're talking about. This, this is fine. Like it's the players that are so I, I don't know. I, I like he's been saying this whole like he said in week two when uh, yeah. Cameron Bynum and I think it was Cameron Nansler gave up a 60 yard touchdown yeah. to Quez Watkins. Yeah, like it, it's just it's annoying at this point. And he's right when you say you can't really make major changes. I mean, Bill Belichick no. himself said it, but it's very concerning that there just seems to be a lack of awareness with him that. Yeah. And it's you know. it's interesting that uh, I I find it interesting that Ed Donatel is like the guy that that Kevin O'Connell settled on and was like we need to get this guy this guy is just like he's gonna keep our defense together and then when you look back at like his success as a de- defensive coordinator it's mostly been because Vic Fangio has been the guy actually calling the defense. Well, and um, I think they wanted Fangio first, and he's he's like, nah, I'm gonna cash some checks from the Broncos. He's actually. For sure. He's, with the he's actually now. a consultant for the Eagles, yeah. which um, that might explain why the Vikings got smashed so hard for sure, in for week sure. two. But he'll be, he'll be, I feel like he'll probably work somewhere next year. Um, yes. More of a coordinator role. Maybe the Vikings. That would be, uh, that would be something. Fire, fire Donatel for Vic Fangio. Um, sorry, Ed. Gotta take your job. 
Judd uh, Zolgad mentioned Brandon Staley, and I think that was just like a reckless speculation yeah. moment. But I, I would absolutely love that if he became available and wasn't a head coach somewhere else. Kevin O'Connell gives his old buddy a call and being like, you want to coach this defense? If the Chargers miss the playoffs, um, I know Sean Payton's been rumored to be wanting a job in L.A. and the Chargers look like they would be the team. Unless Sean, Sean McVay retires, which is also I've heard a possibility. Um, so if but Brandon Staley's be... available. But the thing about Brandon Staley, though, is like if he does well with the Vikings, he's going to leave again. So I'm like, do I yeah. do, do you want to find someone who's going to leave and become a head coach again? Probably because they're going to succeed really well if they do that. Or do you want someone who's more like a Mike Pettin or a Vic Fangio who's like, they're just going to be a D coordinator for the next four or five years? Or uh, here's an outside of the box one. What about Mike, Mike Zimmer. Daniels? No, <laughs> you're right on Mike, but uh, it's Mike no, yeah. Daniels, right? No, yeah, yeah. Special he teams was, coordinator. He was what? Uh, a safety or a defensive back? Yep. You think. also have uh, Terrell Austin, who was let go in Detroit, but I mean, the Vikings were interested in him as. Uh, I think defensive backs coach coming into the season or something. So, I mean, yeah, that would be somebody I would be interested in bringing in as well. You know, yeah, there'll be a lot of is bad. I understand that, but I not guess, anymore. I mean, not I, according to Jonathan Vilma. We're kind of alluding to it, but you know, what are, what are the chances of Ed Dontel returning next season as the Vikings defensive coordinator? What would have to happen for that? To like, would the Vikings just have to be for him to stay shut down unit? Or I think if they make the NFC title game, I think his job's probably safe because they'll have fixed something if they got that far, right? You would like to think, or or their offense just decides to score 40 points a game, right? Uh, Yeah, but yeah, if he gets the NFC title game. Now I'm like, oh, I kind of hope they don't so they can <laughs> fire him. <laughs> but I don't maybe they maybe they'll let him go either way because I think Kevin O'Connell's more like, hey, this needs to be fixed. It's not gonna be fixed with you just being here being like, oh, it's scheme. Eventually, like he talked about Daniel Hunter yesterday. And people asked, like, you know, why is he, you know, how's he doing as far as like learning the the scheme and everything? He's like, it's coming along, it'll it'll take a year. And it's like, a year? What yeah. <laughs> He's Daniel is this is he's not a rookie. Is Daniel like, Hunter? Are they gonna do the twins thing where it's like they're competitive and just happy to get into the tournament and like whatever happens after that? Like, you know, the Welfs are just sitting there with their like symbols, like maybe Donatel like, feels that way, but I don't think Kevin O'Connell feels that way. I no, I don't I don't think Kevin O'Connell just wants to get in the playoffs. He wants to win the damn thing. Yeah. Like, like that's it. Like I I we talked about this on Monday. I'm very interested to see how this team reacts come next offseason because yeah. there's a lot of players on here that you got to look at and be subjective with them. I mean, it's old yeller time. That's what I called it. Adam yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> He's 19, from Minnesota, though. Almost a cap hit of almost 20 million next year. That's pretty exciting for some. That's a hometown here. discount. I saw people talking to and they're like, perfect restructure candidate. I'm like, Last time he was a restructured candidate, he got he a gotta, raise because yeah. he's from Minnesota. <laughs> How about just just let him go? Just let him go. Unless he wants to like, make like two million a year. I just want to ask, why does he get a free pass for everything? Well, everyone it, likes this. Like, everyone likes the story. Everyone likes the you know he came from the then practice buy the squad. Disney DVD in like <laughs> it's gonna 10 be years. it's gonna be a Disney movie. 
It's got like he's going to go be a dentist. Uh, Eric Thompson laid this out. He's going to be a dentist. He's going to be sitting there and he's he like, he'll say something about like drilling the Packers as he's like filling somebody's cavities. <laughs> and then it'll go into the, what are you? Okay. So let, let's talk about this. What are your favorite Disney sports movies? Oh, this is putting you on the spot and going off script. But I mean, th- this is a good one. Like and I'm not talking mighty ducks. Which Kirsten uh, Kroll has finally watched. Good, good on her. I just want to give her a shout out for that. Um, under oh, Angels in the Outfield. That's a great one. Um, underrated, The Big Green. I haven't watched it in a while, but that's a good one. I've never seen that one. It's a soccer movie. Right. Um, way back in the day. Um, do they have a fo- is Little Giants? No, I don't think that's Little Disney. Giants is Fox, but it's still really good. It's owned by Disney now. So oh, yeah. So <laughs> it's probably on Disney Plus. <laughs> For sure. Uh yeah, just Mighty Ducks, I guess. Would probably be the, the best. I I what Miracle is made by Disney, right? That, yeah. That's one. That's the rookie one. is uh very underrated in my eyes. Is rookie of the right. year? Rookie of the year. Uh, that is also fun. So technically it's Disney now okay. under that umbrella. All right. Yeah. Lots I of baseball. Up on my like suggested ones, and I might lots, watch it, but lots of baseball and hockey and and I think Airbud is uh, Disney too. Not that that's like great quality, but um, they were the They're Timberwolves. Lacking. Oh my God! Don't get me started on them. <laughs> Pat Beverly wants to come back, and I am just hoping he shows up and just goes full Jimmy Butler on them. Oh, right all now, right, all right, it would be amazing. <laughs> let's get back. All right, we're going off the rails here. We, we are off the rails. <laughs> so let's say, all right. So the Vikings are going up against the Colts this weekend. Colts, uh, not 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 very good team, not very good offense. As some playmakers with Jonathan Taylor and uh, Michael Pittman, Matt Ryan, if he's he's thrown for over three hundred yards a couple of times this year, so he can do it. Um, if the Vikings allow the Colts to gain over 400 total yards on Saturday. What does Kevin O'Connell do? Or I guess, what does he need to do? I think at minimum, he needs to strip Ed Donatello play calling. Yeah. Like if they're doing this whole, it's third and eight, we're dropping back 12 yards. Crap. Done. Done. We're over. Like if we, especially if Daniel Hunter is out now, he, like you mentioned, he's on the injury report with the neck injury. Like if you don't have Daniel Hunter out there and you're not blitzing, what are you even doing? Like it it just seemed, like you said, there's just no responsibility with him. Like that's the problem here. There's no accountability. And I think, you know, there's a difference between going full Mike Zimmer and bailing on a guy, the first sign of trouble and, you know, just canning a guy because it doesn't work. I, I don't right. think they're going to fire him, but I, I mean, you need to do something and you need, you need it to be noticeable. Like this Colts offense is bad. Like Matt Ryan looks like he deserves to be in retirement home. Jonathan Taylor's banged up. I was just listening to locked on uh, Vikings with a uh, former pro football spot writer, uh, Jake Arthur. And he was saying, you know, this offensive line doesn't really know what they're doing for the Colts. Which is so, I weird. Mean, if, if your defense just gets gashed by them, you know, I mean, Jeff Saturday ain't scared, bro, right? He's probably not scared I of mean, his defense he, either. He doesn't. What does he have to lose? He, he's not right. He's probably not going to be the, their coach uh, next year. Hey, y'all, I know I play with Peyton Manning, y'all, but hey, you, you know, when I play with Peyton, let me tell you about when I play with Peyton. Did I tell you I play with Peyton? <laughs> And Dylan's from Minnesota he's got too. That, he's got that famous clip of uh, him of Peyton yelling at him, being like, "I'm calling the place." 
and Dallas Clark laughing his ass yeah, off. Yeah. So <laughs> he'll go back to ESPN next year and everything will be fine. I'll be like, oh, remember when Jeff Saturday was the coach? Um, but yeah, this this game is a good opportunity to get back on track for the Vikings defense, but it's also it could be really bad if they don't if they're not able to fix things and things continue to spiral and it's like you can't stop the Colts. You're gonna have a lot of problems and you know, you need to figure things out, whether it's like you go Back in the back in the day with the Vikings, I think it, it was you could even say like the the 2000 team uh, who they didn't have a good defense and they just put up a bunch of points and were like we just gotta score as many points as possible to succeed and that worked out well. Um, so I, I don't I don't know what the Vikings will do moving forward if they cannot stop the vaunted Colts offense. Um, any last thoughts on on Ed Donatel and the his comments yesterday, it just, just, uh, oh, it was weird too. Cause he'd be like, well, it's, it's execution. And it's like, well, why are they like playing an off coverage? Like, well, they're just doing what they're coached to do. And it's like, well, which is it then? Um, cause you can't, can't have both. So he's a little frustrating. He's, he's an older coach. He's kind of in the mindset of Mike Zimmer where it's like, you guys need to fit into what I want to do. I don't care like what your skill set is. You need to, yeah. And even Mike Zimmer was kind of adapted with that. He would he blitzed a lot more last year than he ever has before because he just needed to, because he realized he wasn't getting a pass rush. Um, but for some reason, Ed Donatel covered two in twenty twenty. Yeah, for some reason, Ed Donatel's like, it'll get there eventually. You know, it's it's week fifteen. We still got some time. You know, we've had a month. We've had uh, three too many camps. Uh, training camp and 15 weeks <laughs> we'll, of the regular season, but we'll, we'll get there. It, we'll figure it. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it. Out. Like it's funny you mentioned the offense too, because I feel like they're partially the. Now they shouldn't be expected to score 34, 40 points a game. Like that. That's unreasonable. Third quarter but offense. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, there's some players that I think are underperforming. I know Dalvin Cook has a thousand yards, right. but his success rate is like. It's very Adrian Peterson like where yes. it's like two, two, three, one, Damn you know, feast. outside of the whole uh, halfback pass disaster, like Dalvin Cook is just looking for an 80 yard run every time he gets the ball. And like what would benefit this team the most is like five, six, yep. maybe even four. You know, something like that. I mean, those 80 yard runs are nice, but I mean, when you're not getting them, look at what happened against Detroit. It, it sabotages your offense. We talked about Adam Thielen a little bit. He's not getting separation. His yards per route run are the lowest since uh, he became a full-time receiver. Actually, I looked that up here. So if you'll excuse me <laughs> as I knock over everything in my uh, office here. But yeah, I have it written down. Uh, 2016. Full-time receiver, 1.94 yards. He was 23rd among all receivers, uh, and that's 20% of the league lead in snaps. 2017, Thielen had 2.15 yards yards per route, 2.1, 2.15 yards per route run. That was eighth <laughs> in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Two, uh, 2018, 2.1, 20th. 2019, 2.08, 12th. 2020, 1.86, 30th. Mm-hmm. 2021, 
1.63. That was 48th. And going into last week, I don't have this year's right now, but I'm sure it wasn't. Uh, he had a long touchdown run, so maybe it got bumped up a little bit. But it was 1.22 heading into the Detroit game. That was 74th among receivers. Mm. That man is getting paid $20 million next year. Like I, I'm just saying. And then you have KJ Osborne, who's out here posting himself in Randy Moss pictures. And he came and, and like I, I read his interview with Alec Lewis. He's like, well, I'm just trying to help the team out. You know, what would help the team out a lot is if you got open and caught in the ball, bud. I mean, yeah. TJ Hawkinson, even he's been a disappointment, really. His yards per reception have been cut in half since he came to the Vikings. So I have questions in terms of why is this offense not explosive? Because they're towards the bottom of the league in explosive plays. And, and why does it seem like there's just these short circuit things? I mean, hell, for all the, you know, pumping the tires that we've done with Kirk O'Chains and Kirk Cousins and all that stuff, he is having one of the worst statistical seasons of his career. Well, they're winning. And they're winning. Yes, that, that's totally fine. I Like, I would take 10 and 3 with his stats right now over 4,500 yards, 34 touchdowns, 7 picks, and, you know, a 7 and 9 yeah. record. It's really, it's really weird. He when he puts up a lot of numbers too. Like it's not, it's not ever good. Like I posted a stat the other day of Kirk Cousins has had like I want to say eight games where he's thrown over for thrown over four hundred yards. He's won one of those games. One, one out of eight but, games. But that dark corner of the time. internet will be like, look at these stats. Look at Well, these and stats. a lot of people responded like, oh, Kirk Cousins has no help. And it's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> He's just got one of the greatest receivers in the history of the game yeah. on uh, one side of the field. Speaking of Justin Jefferson, I'm, guessing that's, I'm guessing that's who you were talking about. And you weren't yeah. talking about uh, Jalen Rager. Um, so right now, after his monster game against the Lions. Justin Jefferson is sitting at an even 1,500 receiving yards for the season with four games left to go. He needs 500 more yards to hit 2,000 to become the first NFL receiver to hit 2,000 receiving yards in a single season. Uh, Calvin Johnson has the most, I believe, with like 1964 in a season. Uh, with the Lions, Lions, this potent offense, just uh, just so so much good offense with the Lions recently. Where you um, at, Jonathan Vilma? <laughs> so, if Justin Jefferson hits two thousand receiving yards, does he deserve some serious MVP consideration? Yeah, I would say so as far as stats go, but um, he won't because a. Uh, most national pundits don't like the Vikings. So oh, yeah. that that is going to and I mean that's not like a, oh they don't like no, they they just think we're frauds and all that stuff. So yep. go check, go do a quick Google search of Minnesota Vikings, you'll see what I mean. And like when receivers go off like that, it's always the quarterbacks who get credit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, well, who's throwing them the ball? Who, well, who's uh, you know, unless you're Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Like, yeah, right. Could be different. I mean, this could be the one special scenario where you would say, yeah, this is totally Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, <sighs> Jalen Hurts is going to get a lot of recognition. I think he's probably the front runner, isn't he? You got Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the quarterbacks yeah, right are just yeah. these strong presences where 
you know, you look at somebody like Justin Jefferson and you go, well, he's a good fantasy football player. Like that, like the person, you know, that lives on the East coast or whatever, or the West coast that, you know, doesn't pay attention to the Vikings They're They probably just see a whole bunch of stats and they're, they, you know, it, it's super weird. I don't understand. Like Cooper cup won the triple crown receiving for the first time in 17 years. And he didn't even get an MVP vote. Right. So. And now I, they do I, like, I, I think I they do know. like top, they're going to do like top 10 now for, for MVP votes, kind of like uh NBA or whatever. So we'll get yeah. to see if he actually even gets any votes. Um, yeah, like I don't think I don't think a receiver's ever won the MVP in the NFL. Um, defensive players have won it before. Uh, Alan Page, way back in the day, defensive tackle for the Vikings. That's insane kick, to think a, about. A kicker, now. a kicker has won uh, NFL MVP. Who was the uh, kicker? Uh, it was like it was. Oh, like, wait, no, he's it, a punter. It was like a random 1980. It was a strike season. It was 82. And it was just like there was like no one else to pick. And uh, so they're like, let's go with a kicker. Um, and he wasn't even perfect, which is really weird. I know that. Yeah. And then I think Adrian Peterson's the last running back to win it back in 2012. And yeah, it's basically just quarterbacks um, for whatever reason. Receivers uh, don't like Calvin Johnson back in the day. He, he probably sh- should have had some serious, you know, consideration but he never got that um what do you think a wide receiver would have to do to win mvp like do they have to get like 30 touchdowns save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Think of all the great wide receivers, too. Like Calvin Johnson, you mentioned Jerry Rice and like, you know. Randy Moss. Randy Moss, like the absurd seasons that they put up. And it's like, nah, uh, quarterback. Yeah, like <laughs> I don't know. Like, does it have to be three thousand yard? I mean, does he have to be like Cordell Stewart, where he plays quarterback and yeah. receiver, like kind of this hybrid? Well, you just I, ha- really I honestly dated, you have no really idea. dated yourself with that reference. I did Cordell Stewart. <laughs> he was the t- bomb, though. You could have said Taysom Hill. <laughs> Taysom Hill, yeah, but he's uh, Taysom Hill sucks though. He does. Cordell Slash Stewart was actually good. Slash. So I, I I don't know I like honestly I I don't know like I I don't know if they have to be like a Swiss Army knife or you know whatever like I, it is super weird and maybe with a passing game kind of you know you have these air raid concepts you ever I mean uh, this isn't just an NFL thing like Heisman voting like when well, was Devonta the last Smith wide receiver Devonta Smith yeah but he he had like twenty five touchdowns right yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's hard on NCAA 14 to win the Heisman as a receiver, even. Yeah. So, and I think Randy Moss was—he was one of the four finalists, but he wasn't. It was like between him, Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf, um, and Charles Woodson, and Charles Woodson actually won. Yeah. Um, so yeah, receiver. Uh, yeah, they have to like. It has to be like a quarter. It had to. Be, it would. It would have to be like. Uh, Nick Mullins is the quarterback and Justin Jefferson has 30 touchdowns and 2,500 receiving yards. And it's like, well, 
and the Vikings like are the number one seed. That I think that it would have to like all of that would have to happen in order. Well, for, and look look at what happened when Adrian won it. It was basically run Adrian left, run Adrian yeah. right. Uh, Potter three yard pass. They put like, him on his. They put him, he put the team on his back essentially, and was right. like, and everyone knew he was going to run. Like there were he was facing like ten man boxes, and yeah. he was still gaining two hundred yards a game. That season was ridiculous, and I hope it never comes out that like he was uh, like on some serious steroids yeah because there's a good chance by that. um <laughs> is uh some chris carter the other day said that uh i think he was on ron johnson's show or no no he was on uh the, the k adams show on uh on, on FanDuel or whatever that she has now um that he thinks justin jefferson is already better than himself and Randy Moss. Uh, Justin Jefferson is only in his third season in the NFL, but obviously he's having a really good year. So do you think Justin Jefferson is already the greatest wide receiver in Vikings history? I mean, in my opinion, before Justin Jefferson, it was Randy Moss just because, you know, it's the same thing we were talking about Adrian, like teams would do everything they could to stop Randy Moss but they couldn't stop him. I think the Packers drafted what four cornerbacks the year after mm-hmm. Randy Moss came out. Like that, that's insane. So, and they still couldn't stop Moss. Still terrorized the Packers yep. uh, every time he played them. So, I mean, you know, Chris Carter, probably the best possession receiver. Um, I'm not old enough to remember Anthony Carter, or right. you know, maybe some, um, some people say Ahmad Rashad, uh, Gene Washington. Uh, going way back in Viking history. But I mean, as far as like the complete package goes, like Randy Moss wouldn't go over the middle to take a big hit, right? We've seen Justin Jefferson make some of those catches, you know, the one against the Patriots where he just gets smashed and gets up and just flexes. He smiles. And yeah, and he's smiling with his big old grill in his mouth. Um, (laughs) Like he likes getting hit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is willing to do everything and he does everything at an elite level. Route running, elite, speed, elite. Uh, he can line up in the slot. He can line up in the outside. Like, there are very few weaknesses to this game. If you ask Justin Jefferson, hey, what's your weakness? He would probably give you some. But, I mean, to the normal eye, to the guy drinking beer on his couch every Sunday, the guy has no weaknesses at all, which makes him probably the best all-around receiver. I mean, I, I've heard uh, the comparison. Maybe you made this, but I can't remember who it was. Like, somebody compared him to Jerry Rice where he's just this consistent guy that's going to put up his stats and he can do a little bit of everything. I think that's a very accurate comparison for him. And and I know it's crazy because he's the greatest receiver of all time in my mind, but I I mean, you know, that's nuts. Speaking of receiving yards, that's, that's, that's a record. That's probably never going to be broken. Jerry Rice has like 22,000 career receiving yards. No one played like 25 years. Correct. Which is why it's never going to, unless Jefferson, like, <laughs> what is even the benefit of p- playing twenty years in the NFL? That's not even that's not even like a, a smart decision to do these days in the NFL. When you think um, about it, it's insane. Like Jerry Rice can even walk, right? You know, but I think the way that he played, his playing style allowed him to play longer. Mm-hmm. Um, once he started to break down, he was like, "Okay, let me get out of here." But like, he, I don't think I, I ever remember Jerry Rice getting like clobbered by a um a defensive back or anything but 
speaking of that, like if Justin Jefferson keeps getting hit like this, he's going to get hurt eventually. And I'm mm-hmm. sure Kevin O'Connell is going to be like, listen, kid, <laughs> you're playing out of your mind, but we need you for like the next four or five years. So, cause look at Cooper cup, Cooper cup, like he tried, they tried to do what they did with him last year. It was just like, give him the ball a ton of times. And it built it, 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 it. You're banged up. You can't, it's tough to do that two years in a row, three years in a row. Like even look at Jonathan Taylor, like he had a giant workload last year and he's been kind of banged up this year. It just, it doesn't work that way in the NFL. Like eventually you learn to go out of bounds, uh, just save yourself another, another week instead of just getting that extra two yards to, uh, get more. But, um, outside of Justin Jefferson and Chris Carter and Randy Moss, or whatever, who do you think of a former Vikings wide receiver is that doesn't get enough praise for what he did during his career on the field? I, you know, I think it's Anthony Carter. Like he never gets mentioned. And right. I mean, the guy was a beast. 1987, he had the big game against San Francisco. I think he went off against New Orleans that year too. But I mean, if we're talking about receivers that don't really get credit, like, I don't know. I, I've never met a Viking fan and be like, yeah, Anthony Carter, do you remember that guy? Like, he never gets mentioned, which is really weird. And it speaks to some of the receivers the Vikings have had throughout their history where they have had Chris Carter, Randy mm-hmm. Moss, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen. Yep. Um, you know, I, I would put those two. I mean, Diggs and Thielen, obviously, there's recency bias there. But, I mean, I, I think that guy is Anthony Carter, personally. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Charles Johnson. No, I'm not going to go with Charles Johnson. Uh, <laughs> um, Percy Harvin. I've always been a big Percy Harvin fan. And uh, he, speaking of putting your body on the line, he probably did that too much as well because that caught up to him real fast. But like just watching him out on the field, every time he got the ball in his hands, he could make a big play um, similar to Cordero Patterson, but he, he could actually run routes um, and he could return kicks just like Cordero Patterson. Um, and he was kind of like the Debo Samuel before the Debo Samuel that we know today, where like he could take it out of the backfield, he could line up in the slot, line up on the outside. Just Percy Harvin was ridiculous when he was healthy. He, I think, in 2012 or 13, he was on like a real tear, like an MVP kind of tear, and then he got hurt. Story of his career, pretty much. Um, and then he was traded and blah, 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 because he's a Vikings receiver and that's what happens. But Percy Harvin, yeah, I've always, I always enjoyed his time with the Vikings that 09 season. There was a, a bunch of moments where he had a big impact on that team and their, their trip to the NFC Championship. So I've, I've always been a big Percy Harvin fan. He's like the Dante Culpepper of the receiver position for the Vikings. Sure, for sure. Or like any Viking fan you talk to, you're like, dude, Dante Culpepper, that dude was a beast. And like yeah. casual NFL fans, like, who? Because, <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, like most NFL, he is like an afterthought in NFL history. His best season, 2004, he should have won the MVP, but there was this Peyton Manning guy chucking yeah. touchdowns. Like that, that 04 season was insane. And like, mm-hmm. he is basically what Josh that was really Allen without is now. Randy Moss, too. Yeah. Like Randy Moss yeah, was hurt that year. Going to Nate Burleson. <laughs> I love Nate Burleson, though. He's I mean, he's, yeah. yeah, he's a good guy. But, um, you know, with Dante Culpepper, it's just kind of, you know, you see the same things where it's like Percy Harvin. He was like a unicorn, right? He could do a little bit of everything like you mentioned. And 
you know, now he's just kind of an afterthought because he just kept getting hurt and he forced his way out of Minnesota. He threw a weight plate at Leslie Frazier's head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's like no, the nicest human no, ever. It's like, I gonna, no. Uh, I was going to say known Leslie Frazier, a guy known for always getting in confrontations. Uh, no, not exactly. Um, I'd love to see Percy take on Mike Zimmer. Just, oh God. <laughs> uh, they probably would have liked each other, actually. Those people like that yeah. usually like, like Mike Zimmer, there's a reason why Mike Zimmer was able to get stuff out of like Vontaze Perfect and Pac-Man Jones and stuff because they had a similar uh, approach to life. Um, not exactly, but, uh, you know, mentally, maybe. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I bet if you ask players from that 09 to 12 era, they'd be like, yeah, Percy Harvin was insane. He was like, especially defensive players would be like, there's no we we could not stop it. Um, so yeah, he was he's he's someone yeah like you said Dante Culpepper like he's he's a, a legend he's got legend status in in Vikings fandom but outside of there probably not so much unless he's playing the Vikings when it's some of his best performances too for some reason. All right, Vikings play the Colts on Saturday this week. Uh, inside U.S. Bank Stadium, the game is uh, supposed to kick off at noon. Um, and right now, let's check. FanDuel has the Vikings favorite. I la- last checked, I thought it was four. Oh, it's four and a half now. Uh, the Vikings are favored over the Colts. That's nice that, that odds makers are actually having the Vikings be the favorite this week. That's nice of them. Uh, and the over-under is 47 and a half. Now. The Colts, not a good team. I, I think they're four, eight, and one right now. They've lost uh, six of their last seven games. As we mentioned before, Jeff Saturday is their head coach right now. Matt Matt Ryan's the quarterback, and uh, it'd probably be best for them to just lose their the rest of their games to get a good draft pick so they can get a quarterback. Um, but on Saturday, the Vikings will win if they do what. Feed Justin Jefferson. Like that is that is number one. That is the key because I do not believe in this defense, even against Matt Ryan, who looks like he should be in a retirement home. Um, Justin, uh, I actually was listening to, like I mentioned, the Locked On Colts podcast, and I'm taking some notes here. Uh, Kenny Moore could be out with a lower leg injury. So that is uh, a concern for the Colts. And Brandon Faison is out with an in- illness. So he'd be taking on Stefan Gilmore and uh, some slappy off the practice squad. No slouch. Stefan Gilmore is good, though. Yeah. Jake Arthur said it would not surprise him if Jefferson went for 200 yards on Sunday. <laughs> wow. I mean, if we're talking MVP candidates, that would help, right? So, and I mean, think about it. Justin Jefferson should have had 250 yards against the Lions if the refs uh, had done their job. But, of course, they did not. What do you have, 189 against the Bills? Something like that? Yeah, something mockers like that. I mean, the guy's on a tear. And I think, you know, if I'm Kevin O'Connell, I'm like, okay, we need more explosive plays. How do we get them? Uh, Throwing it to 18 seems like a good idea. And if Justin Jefferson's having one of those big games, in all likelihood – you know, it's opening things up on the inside. Um, I do know that the interior of the offensive line is a bit of a problem because Garrett Bradbury has been limited the last couple of days. Uh, they have DeForest Buckner, who uh, murdered Drew Samia a couple of years ago, if you remember that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, him against Ed Ingram. Do not want, 
do not want to at all. Um, so that's going to be, I, I mean, I, I do not expect the running game to get going on Sunday. Like I, I, like I said, I think Dalvin cooks in that old yeller territory where you loved him. He do, did great things for you, but um, it, it's getting to the end of the road with all these mm-hmm. short runs. And if he breaks off a big one, great. But I, I think game plan, number one, just get Justin Jefferson, the ball by any means necessary. And hopefully that opens up other things for Adam Thielen. KJ Osborne, TJ Hawkinson, the rest of the Vikings offense. Yeah. Don't run a tight end screen. Just don't. It doesn't work. Don't, don't run work. screens, period. Yeah, they, like, suck. they just don't they don't work. Like I remember I think Adam Thielen had one against the Lions. And like he the two point literally conversion. uh was it was it the two point conversion? Yeah. There was one late in the fourth, though. He took the screen and like Ed Ingram was standing right where he caught the ball. And he's like, dude. So then he like he like threw Ed Ingram. Used <laughs> oh, like yeah. No, no. I know. About, they they but, he like, yeah, they like ran into each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the two point conversion, too. That was a screen. To, that, that was a weird play call. It's like. OK, but of that, all the that, guys I want to run a screen with right now, Adam Thielen's probably at the, yeah, the, the, whole, the whole the whole thing. Like it was just like what you're. Kevin O'Connell outsmarted himself. Like it was just, it was, it was weird. I think the Vikings, in order for them to win on, because the Colts defense is kind of decent this year. Uh, aside from last week, when they gave up 54 points to uh, the Cowboys, um, they, they, they're eighth in total yards. They're third in passing yard against. They're 21st in rushing. So not as good a, a rushing defense, but their defense is the only thing really giving them hope right now. Um, so I think the Vikings have to get some turnovers. They they only have two turnovers in the last four games, and it's it's showed like this this defensive scheme, like everything that Donatel's talking about as far as execution, like it's it's not the scheme. It's they haven't been getting turnovers. That's part of execution. They need to do that. And the Colts have turned the ball over like nine times in the last four games. So they're going to get opportunities, uh, especially with Matt Ryan. I think he's got like thirteen interceptions or something like that this year. So they're going to get chances. They need to capitalize on those touchdowns, not field goals. Um, and I think they should should do okay. Um, the Vikings will lose to the Colts if what happens. Um, if they let Matt Ryan be uh, Matt Ryan. MVP uh, Matt Ryan. Yes, I saw a stat uh, from Pro Football Focus's Ian Harditz who said that the Vikings are 32nd in passing yards allowed, 32nd in explosive pass play rate, 32nd in yards per attempt, and 32nd in passer rating against receivers on the outside. Um, There's not a lot about this Colts offense that scares me. I mean, obviously, Jonathan Taylor is like concern number one, but the Vikings have done okay against the run for the most part this year, so I'm not too worried about that. On the outside, the boundary corners. Michael Pittman is a beast. Yep. Like he is a guy that could easily go for over a hundred, maybe 150 yards on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if Ed Donatel does not make adjustments. I, I like, I do not have faith in Ed Donatel to make the correct moves here. Like, I, like I just don't, I, I've, I've seen enough after 15 weeks where it's like, if you're not making adjustments, if you're not sending guys now, when are you going to do it? And I don't want to hear, well, we'll get there. Look, <laughs> You are who you are at this point. And I think that's going to give up a lot of yards to Michael Pittman. If they give up like a Garrett Wilson type performance, I think they will lose. So don't, don't let Matt Ryan hop in that time machine. Yeah. And I think part of that's going to be getting the pass rush and turnovers and stuff like that's, you've got to do that. You cannot, you cannot, 
I think it was uh, Seifert. Um, it's not George Seifert. Um, it's Kevin, Kevin Seifert. Seifert. Yeah, Kevin Seifert. He, he just he wrote something uh, on the Vikings defense. I think it published today on on ESPN that he talked about like off coverage, um, and and the Vikings have have played a, an NFL high two hundred sixty one snaps uh, in off coverage, which is like five yards away or more, uh, and they've allowed a league worst nine point two yards per pass attempt in those circumstances, which makes no sense because it's basically like you're playing prevent the whole time. Um, so yeah, like they cannot <laughs> like this is this is the perfect opportunity to be like for Kevin O'Connell to be like, just play press or play man more this week. This is a great opportunity to see if it works. If it doesn't work, then you know we'll go back and maybe we'll do some more of your stuff. But right now, listen to me. I'm the head coach. Do this and we'll we'll take it from there. Uh but yeah, they they I even think like Jonathan Taylor is an underrated thing where like he could go off because I feel like ever since Jeff Saturday was put in charge, they've been putting more of a, an emphasis on, on getting him the ball, which they should because he's their best offensive player. Um, so I worry about that. I'm just letting, you know, basically anyone on the Colts offense going off. Like there, there's no reason why the Vikings can't stop this Colts offense. There's no reason except for the Vikings defense is terrible. Um, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. I, I listened to um, the Patrick Peterson podcast, his podcast, and he talked a lot about communication, how that was like the most important thing that they needed to fix going in. Like not even like coverage wise, just like we all got to get on the same page. And he said, oh, it is hard. Like, cause there's guys going in, they have a different like secondary pretty much every week. Now guys get hurt and stuff, but uh, they got to get like, on the same page. That's that's it's really important. Um, final score prediction for Saturday. Oh God, I haven't even thought about this on NFL um, Network with uh, Nate Burleson on the call. Love Nate Burleson. Yeah, <laughs> I actually, you know, it'll be funny because I have to cover high school basketball during the game. So I don't know if it gets close, I might just go in a side hallway away from everyone and like yell and scream and do all yell, the things yeah. I need to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> calling the cops like hey what's going on um i'm going to say vikings are going to give up points like i think that's just a formality yeah. at this point but i don't think the colts have enough to hit 30 so i'm going to say vikings win 27 24 <laughs> it's gonna be that close i, I think it'll be a close i mean oh no I said, I don't have faith in Ed Donatel and this yeah. offense concerns me too, because the, uh, the explosive plays just aren't there. So, I mean, like I said, this team is incapable of winning a game by more than one score. This seems like a perfect opponent to do it against, but I will believe it when I see it. So 27, 24 Vikings. All right. Um, I'm going to get crazy and say 35, 21 Vikings. I think they're going to, they, they, They've been hearing it all week about about the defense. I think players that we last time we saw that were they were called frauds and stuff. They came out and played really well against the Cow- not the Cowboys. They definitely the didn't play, yeah they definitely didn't play well against the Cowboys. They came out and played really well against the Patriots. I think they'll, something similar will happen. I think Kevin O'Connell is going to be like you know I don't have to throw the kitchen sink at the Colts uh, to get this win. 
Um, so I think the Vikings will come out and have a, a commanding victory, clinch the NFC North, and then afterwards they'll be like, yeah, we're happy with the division, but you know this is just the first step. Sounds like you're expecting the Vikings to treat the Colts like John Randall did. Colts! (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that. That was the best part of that video. (laughs) I got to dig that up and post on Twitter. It's so amazing. (laughs) The the, the cheese, he gets the blowtorch out. Yeah. He's the best. He's the best. (laughs) Protect John John Randall at all costs. He's the best. All right. That's it for uh, today's episode. We'll be back on uh, Monday probably to talk about the Vikings and Colts, hopefully a victory for the Vikings. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to this channel and like this video. The audio version of this podcast will be up by tomorrow morning on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook as well. But until next time, Chris and I talk to you later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.